Wow. Really? Cap casualty? Cut? No. David Njoku? You got to be kidding me. No way. That was a pro football focus podcast. Uh, Andy Baskin sitting in today with Jonathan Peterlin. Uh, the boys will be back. Oh, I don't even know. When When are they coming back? Hopefully next week. Who knows? Next week? That's where we keep yeah, our fingers I mean, crossed? They better be back next week. You think so? Are, are you going to go on strike if they don't? Oh. <laughs> You don't want to know, Andy. You don't want to. I don't want to feel the pain. Want to be a part of the show? 216-474-0092. What'd you think of that? It's it's wild because I, first of all, I don't think you can. He's like, oh, if you work out the cap stuff, I've I've looked at the cap stuff. I don't think you can with David Njoku because it'll be, the dead cap, it'll be too much. And I I don't want to get into the dead cap stuff and all this other contract nonsense. He said it right there at the end. Deshaun Watson needs more playmakers. Now we're going to get rid of playmakers? How do you have David Njoku? He's, he's one of the top tight ends in the NFL. How do you even think about cutting that guy? You can't possibly do it. I, I'm wondering if he just flippantly said something and didn't mean to say it. That's all I can think of because Steve, Steve has been on the station a ton. He's way too smart to think that you'd get rid of a, a situation where you not only need Amari Cooper as your one, but then David Njoku right there as your number two. How, we, we spent the past couple of days talking about adding Mike Evans. We're adding pieces, not in the subtracting pieces part of this team. Well, I, it's not a Hooper situation either, right? Where no. Hooper was underperforming. Yeah, right. Hooper was Joker's just Hooper was just bad. Better. Hooper was being paid to be a top five tight end. He's had top five tight end money, and he wasn't good. That that was understandable. It was a it was a bad swing by Andrew Barry, and he righted that wrong. Right. David and Joku showed you this last year. He can be a top five tight end in the NFL. Why would you all of a sudden get rid of that? There is no way I'm walking away from David Njoku. And if I'm Kevin Stefanski, there's absolutely no way I'm walking away from him, especially when you're a head coach that likes to gear his offense towards tight ends. Let's face it. I mean, he loves tight ends, and I have no problem. What It wasn't a year ago. He was putting three of them on, a, on the field at the same time. Because he was addicted to tight ends. Yeah. I, so, But by the way, I'm a – I mean – I'd lo- as a guy that played tight end, I like watching, like, maybe that's one of the reasons why I like Kelsey so much, too. And I love watching good tight ends. And maybe it goes back to my days of being a kid and Ozzie Newsome and Dave Logan. You know, those guys, mm-hmm. I loved watching those guys play. And so I've always thought that, you know, that tight end spot is like, is the journey, it's not, it's the working man's position. Because you don't mm-hmm. always get the credit to catch passes and you've got to be on that offensive line when they need you. And so, like, I, I love tight end because it's the position of need on the offensive line, yet the caveat of being a superstar by being able to catch the football. And Njoku's great at both faces of it. He really is. Now, the only concern I would have, I think we have this clip from Njoku, right? Let's play this clip from Njoku because the, the concern I would have is uh, whether or not his stock is ever going to be as high as it is right now based off of what he did do with Joe Flacco. Here we go. When I saw, I saw on Instagram that we got him. Yeah. And then I saw him in the training room, and I, I kind of, like, like, sized him up. You know, he was on the Ravens for so many years. I think yeah. my rookie year, he beat me. Yeah. So I, I had to make sure that he wasn't, like, an undercover op, you know. But uh, <laughs> nah, he was awesome. He was, he was a blessing for sure. That chemistry happened just like that, you know. It was almost like I, I knew when he was throwing it to me before the ball was even snapped just because, like, I just I, – I just, it was more like a feel. But, uh, no, we definitely had fun. Hopefully he stays in Cleveland. All right, that was the Green Light podcast with Chris Long, David Njoku talking about Joe Flacco. Yeah, and this is the concern I would have with Fla- or with Njoku, okay? And this is not, listen, I, I talk about the clip, don't talk about the clip. With PFF, it is what it is. And Njoku himself right there talked about the idea that Joe Flacco, he just had this instant connection, right? Like he had this, this understanding, it just became easy. Well, go look at the game log and look and see what Njoku did. In the the Bears game, he had over 100 yards receiving. The Jets game, he had 134 yards receiving. You can make an argument. 
three out of the final four games of the year last year, Jacksonville, Chicago, and the Jets, were three of the best games we've ever seen Njoku play. He was as good in the final stretch of the season. Now, is that one of those products of Joe Flacco, or is that a product of what? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I think and the, you had the, some the Browns... big time catches too along the yes. way. I mean, it wasn't just they weren't just like, hey, we need let's pick up you know three yards on first down. That I mean, big time end zone catches where you know he. I thought he left his mark last season, and I think sometimes what a third we down for, plays too. We forget about how young he was when he first got in the league too. I mean, he was I think he was nineteen when he was drafted. Well, but, but but did he turn a corner, or was it all Joe Flacco? That's the question I would ask around around David and Joku because oh, if you I look at the early parts I don't think it mattered who. But I know there was only one. I, it was PJ Walker that he didn't have the greatest connection with. I, think. I don't. I think he kind of had the yips. I mean, he played with bit. every quarterback in the league basically last year, and right. he, he caught the ball with all of them except for one game that he had the drop season. Well, I'm just yeah. saying I'm talking about the the high production that he had because he had that it's your second the, leading receiver. The, right. the 77 yard game that he had against Seattle that was PJ Walker that he had that with right. Yes. Outside of that game, if you take Joe Flacco out of the equation, he didn't have a 60-plus yard receiving game the entire year. So like, he didn't have that with, with Deshaun Watson. That would be the only hiccup I would have here. I, I love Njoku. Maybe Flacco is the reason why Njoku was able to turn a corner, and maybe now he'll just never look back because he built up a lot of confidence within that. I'm not sure. But I, I do wonder. I wonder how, you know, because we've seen the, the connections hang on, hang on, stop that Joe Flacco has. The confidence part of this, okay? Yeah. Is it Ninjoku's confidence? Is it the quarterback's confidence? Or is it the head coach's confidence to set the play to Ninjoku? Do you understand what I'm saying? I do. Like, I, I think that there's a that you could be a great tight end, but if your quarterback has no confidence in you and isn't going to look at you and isn't going to throw you the ball, well, that might be part of that. I mean, so that I mean, because Flacco looked like when he when he needed a bail out of a play and, and it, like, the play broke down on him, it looked like he went towards Ninjoku. Sure. You know, like it was like, oh, uh, you know, he's scrambling well, around and he's moving like the statue back there. And you're like, Gee, are you stuck in quicksand? What's going on here, Joe? It was funny because the first game, I thought it was Elijah Moore because you're like, oh, the Jets. And he just bombed it up to Elijah yeah. Moore. That's right. And then you wondered which one's going to stay, which one isn't. And and Flacco had incredible games with all sorts of different players, right? You, you talked about the Elijah Moore game. And then you talk about the Houston game with Amari Cooper where he goes for 250 yards. Like he had special games with everyone. But three out of the final four games, and Joku didn't have a game like that the entire portion of the early part of the year. I mean, it, he didn't have a single game like that with Watson this season at all. Not not like he did with with Flacco. And it's just I, I wonder why that is. And and you ask a lot of good questions there. Is that is that a Stefanski scheme thing, or is that a Joe Flacco play breaking down? And all of a sudden he found Njoku because that's where he was looking because he felt comfortable. And Njoku got open. And maybe Deshaun can learn from that too. Maybe Deshaun can look around and think to himself. Hey, it worked for Joe. I, I, it, how, Joku how, is as shorthanded as shorthanded gets. How could it not work for Deshaun? I mean, Deshaun's the guy is the guy that when the play breaks down, he wants to extend the play. And when you're trying to find someone, I mean, Ninjoku's so big. I don't know how you can't. He's got to be the easiest target to find out there. You he's got to so. be easier to find than Amari Cooper or Elijah Moore. Like I, when a play, when you've got a split second. To make a decision, you got to believe that Njoku is probably the first. Yeah, but, well, there, I think the Jacksonville game helped with that, right? Yeah, you know, the Jacksonville game he had as many as many touchdowns in that Jacksonville game as he did the entire year up to that point. You know, gets in the end zone twice. All of a sudden, you're like, wait, what's what's going on with Njoku? And it just kind of built from that. And I felt like I don't know, maybe it was instantly. And you heard Njoku there kind of talking about it. Like it felt like it was almost instantly that they had this this connection. And I don't know why that is. I mean, I hey, listen. 
You've worked with a bunch of radio partners in your radio career. I know you've had one as far as your full-time everyday guy uh, being here at 92.3 The here, Fan. Yeah. But you know instantly whether or not you got a connection with somebody or don't, right? Like, you, you can tell these type of things, and some develop over time. But why is it that instantly with Deshaun, we didn't have it the same way that instantly he had it with Joe Flacco? It's true. Now I'm looking back at my career, and I'm still trying to figure out why morning BS with Baskin and Spiker. <laughs> uh, is that the, the fart jokes in the morning that you guys would tell, or what? No, what I don't know. It was you know, it was trying to do stuff in Columbus where you didn't have the rich history of the PGA. You probably would have loved this show. It was on. We were on uh, BNS Radio. It was a golf show? No, 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 no. Oh. I, just, I remember doing a show during the memorial once, and I don't know. Somebody said something about some famous golfer that I didn't know anything about. And neither did Scott. Neither one of us did. And this guy just, he, I don't know why I let him on the, I let him on the air for forever, which felt like forever. It's probably only 30 seconds. And he just scolded us on the air. I, so I love, it was like a Gene Saracen reference or something. Like I that. love golf. You know, I love golf. Yeah. I often wonder if other sports could handle me as a, a, per, a person entering their space. And I don't think they could. Like, I love bowling, right? Like, I was on a yeah. bowling scholarship to Lindenwood. Like, I care a lot about bowling. And I watched. I watch a lot it's of bowling. Casual drop. Casual. I watch a lot of bowling, though. Damn. And I, I, I wonder to myself, I'm like, if I did, like, a like a PBA YouTube channel or, like, created a podcast or something, would they be – if I took my baseball, my basketball, and my football ability to talk and just moved that towards their sports? Towards bowling? Yeah. Towards bowling or towards golf? Would it would it play or would they just think, like, this, this dude is out of his mind? I mean, right here, you guys probably all think I'm out of my mind anyway. Well, it's but. the same thing about me talking about high school hockey. It's the same thing, but nobody wants to or, – or even youth sports in general. Just because I – and by the way, that's coming, dude. That's coming What, for youth you. sports? Oh, just – no, no, no. I'm saying you for you. Oh, like I'm going to do youth you're sports. You're going to okay, sit yeah. down here and you're going to be like, man, I want to talk about youth sports. I, I and can't then make you're it. Like, I can't make it my corner, though. That's 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 your corner. It's not my corner. I'm just I, – I mean, I but I just try to bring up, like, big topics and stuff because the last thing you want to do is you don't want to – I know you just don't. So, you don't want to get your kids involved in that. And you don't want to bring the whole community sure. in with you. You know, Keith did mention, by the way, he mentioned yeah. the PFF cut about Njoku's taken out of context. They were referencing a list and going through players from another site. That's fine. That doesn't change what David Njoku said, though. No, David but, Njoku. Th- this told also you. doesn't change the fact that we're still talking about moving players that are active on the roster. Like there are people that will constantly, yeah, you know, like oh, oh well. Uh, I, I can't see anybody want to get rid of Amari Cooper, but you know Nick Chubb is one of those well, conversations. Who's, who's right in now. the untouchables list? That's For what me, I want to know. Like I have my because I thought Njoku was in the untouchables list, and clearly Steve, if he's taken out of context, he understands that as well. Then. I assume for a lot of us, Njoku was in the untouchables list. Yeah, who's your untouchables list for the Browns, though? Where you think to yourself, because I, I listen, we talked about Chubb a little bit yesterday. We can talk about Chubb again coming up here in a little bit. But I, I think a lot of people assume that Nick Chubb was in that untouchables list as well, based off of Andrew Barry's comments. But the deeper and deeper into the offseason you get, and the more shiny toys that are attracted on the other side where you're like, wait, if it cost me this and this to go ahead and get, let's say, a Mike Evans, who actually is untouchable? Amari Cooper, untouchable? For me, yes. David Njoku, untouchable? Yes. Both those guys. It's more, but for me, it's also the offensive line. I agree with you. I'm not messing with with our offensive line at all right now. Jedrick Wills, untouchable? Uh, No, he's touchable. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Jed Wills could, I I mean, we just haven't, the, the productivity that I thought we would be able to obtain from him has not been there. And... You know, you've got Dewan Jones just sitting on the doorstep. 
who would who would they trade that you would think to yourself, like your jaws on the floor? Like I can't believe that because because again, the entertaining thought of Njoku yesterday, I was like, that's not real. And again, Steve cleared it up. It was taken out of context, and Steve's a very smart guy, so I know he knows that. But okay. like it just it wasn't going to be a reality. Well, maybe we'll do this the Chicago way. Who's what, untouchable? What, what way is that? Untouchable. Oh, untouchables? Yeah. yeah. That was for you, my friend. That was a bad Chicago accent. Though. Well, I can't do it. That was yeah, not, so give it to me. Give me. No, 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 no. No, do give it. it to you. I got to get drunk before I do a Chicago accent. No, you don't do the whole accent. It's just the Chicago way. No, no, no. no, no, no. I mean, that was an Englishman trying to play someone from Chicago. You got to cut me some slack it's on like that one, too. 5% of people from Chicago that actually talk that way. When I get drunk, though, I do. It, it sounds like a, It sounds like I'm part of the the little the, like Super Bowl shuffle bears. You do know there's a Cleveland accent, too. That's Let's what they talk tell about me. all these things coming up. Tell me. 216-474-0092. Um, Fix My Life's coming up. Mary Kay Cabot, Anthony Castrovitz, Mitch, please. All these things straight out of the morning. Nick was calling in your show yesterday. Is that what happened? Yeah, it was, it was me and G. Bush. Yeah. Nick called in. I don't know. He wanted to, like, defend the salary cap's honor for some reason. I don't understand that. But that was uh, a different story for a different time. And, and, listen, and a lot of what he had to say made sense. If the Browns want Nick Chubb here, Nick Chubb will be here. Sure. That's that's as clear as day, right? But I don't think we get to just choose everybody, Andy. I, I really don't. Same reason why Patrick Mahomes at some point had to say, Tyreek Hill, uh, I'm sorry, you got to go off to Miami. is because you can't pay a guy $50 million to be your quarterback and then get to pay everybody. It doesn't work that way. Sure. You know? And so when it comes to some of the untouchables that we're talking about with the Browns, like it's fascinating. We just talked about David Njoku. Everyone knows David Njoku isn't going anywhere. But I do love the idea that we are at least exercising the thought of, who actually is untouchable? Who, who is somebody that is not going to be going anywhere? Who is somebody that if you found that out, your jaw would be on the floor? Like my first reaction yesterday when people started talking about Njoku was exactly that. It was like, well, that's not that's never going to happen. Well, I mean, the Browns are in a great space with David Njoku. You can't possibly get rid of him because he's such a fabric to this team going forward. Like you can make an argument, Andy, that although we love Nick Chubb, we don't know what Nick Chubb is going to be next year. We're kind of accepting the fact that Nick Chubb might right. be 80 85%, and you're building your roster out that way. We can't have 80 to 85% of jokes. I'm not trying to twist this the other way. Yeah. But I kind of have the same feeling for Deshaun. Like, you don't know what Deshaun's going to be after right. coming back from surgery. That's the problem. Like, well, we're I in offseason like, deja vu because that was the yeah. same question we had last year, too. We didn't well, know. We didn't know what we Deshaun were more was worried. Be. Like, it was all rust, and we were talking about he didn't play, and blah, 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 blah. Like, I, I don't know. Until I see on anybody that's hurt. Like, I can't I, – I hate this blind faith we have sometimes in saying, Deshaun Watson's the man, okay? And he, but he is. I don't have a problem with that, that he's the man. It's the, the blind faith that we know he's going to be 100% after having surgery. Okay, yes, he's on course to throw and everything. But, I, I mean, man, anytime they open up your skin and got to do something, you're susceptible to not being the same as you were, you were before, right? For sure. So, like, I sometimes we sit here and we, we're just so adamant that someone is going to be exactly the same or better than they were during after surgery. I think there are you know, surgery is always different, right? And, like, I'm really scared about Nick. I love like Nick is without a doubt my favorite player on the team. Like, I, I was almost in tears when he got hurt, and I, I just like I, I I love Nick Chubb, like love the guy, love the way he plays, love the his effort, the way he plays the game. The way he handles things. But, man, when he got hurt, I was like, oh. It was like somebody punched me in the stomach. Mm -hmm. And and I don't know what he's going to look like. We're all talking about how he was able to come back from injury in college. And that's our that's our jumping off point of saying, this is going to happen again. 
It's going to happen again. I, I don't know that it is. And I really want Nick to be the same guy. I want Deshaun Watson to be the guy that we think he can be too. But I've got to see it first before I sit here with all this blind faith. It was like, well, Deshaun Watson's the man. Yeah, I don't, I don't think there's much blind faith around this team right now. There isn't Amari Cooper and there isn't Miles Garrett. And then who else can you have blind faith in? Like Amari Cooper's gotten 1,000 yards with four different quarterbacks. He just continues to – that's what he's he, – Batonio. Joel Batonio. Batonio. But, I mean, seriously, who's sitting around – oh, that was nice block. Like, my, my left guard. No one's doing there stats. We go. No one's doing stats on the offensive line. Yo, Ethan Posick. Yep. Every other Looks part good. of the offensive line. I mean, I, I maybe Wyatt Teller too, but Wyatt Teller has injuries every now and then. We know someone's a great offensive lineman by the fact that we might be able to see a pancake every once in a while. <laughs> you you, you, you want to talk about blind faith in speaking? Like the the media is like, oh, greatest offensive lineman ever. Really? Really? I, I like I don't I don't know how to sit here and judge an offensive lineman. Because I'm not watching them during the game except for the times when they get called for holding or they let somebody go by or they make a tremendous block on their first step when a running back is running right behind them. You're like, oh, damn, that was a good block, man. He's the greatest offensive lineman in NFL history. I wonder, though, you're numb to it a little bit because you've just seen so many good offensive linemen at this point. Like if Joe Thomas might have even numbed you as well. If you only watch Barry Bonds hit home runs and then you try to watch everyone else hit home runs, it might not look as impressive. I'll give you a little bit on that. I don't know. I just I find offensive line funny because we sit here and we just when someone tells you they're great, they're great, or another offensive lineman says an offensive like if I hear Miles Garrett say that man, I couldn't get by that guy. So that's like street cred to me. And when I hear the defensive guys say it's the, it's the NBA rule, right? Where NBA players that's why that's, that's why the All Star game is always so fun is because it's like you like they know which guys can ball and which guys can't. Right. They, they, there's a lot of guys that get 20 points a game in the NBA that a lot of NBA players are like, he's not that good. You just got to keep your eyes open and pay attention to who, who that is. That's why I love NBA, like all-star games for trying to like identify those type of things, or at least you used to be able to. Same type of thing with the NFL that way, for sure. Miles Garrett speaks on a left tackle. Got to pay. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Yeah, like the other guy they've been talking about is Jack Conklin, right? Oh, is he going to be okay? Come back. Well, so Mary Kay was on. Mary Kay was on with us last week, really. And and Mary Kay had mentioned that, and Mary Kay will be on today too. But she'd mentioned how she thought maybe, just maybe, uh, you know, what what happens if Conklin gets traded? And I think she had mentioned Tennessee, and this she wasn't saying like it was going to happen or anything like that. We were just kind of spitballing, having ourselves a conversation to try to figure out who's the odd man out in the offensive line. Would you feel if they traded Conklin tomorrow? Would you? Would your jaw be on the floor? No. Should it be? This is this is the point of the untouchables. Well, this trying, goes trying back. to figure out which people actually are of enough value that if they made a move, you're thinking to yourself, how do we move forward? And I agree with you. If Conklin gets traded, then we're just all right. It's Jed Wills and it's it's Dewan Jones, and that's just our life. And we move. Well, forward. I think if Jack gets traded, it's because they don't believe that he's as healthy as he was before. Because why would you want if he if he could play the to up to his abilities or where he was before and they feel like he's going to be at full strength then why would you get rid of him you wouldn't well because right now you got three guys for two positions okay 
I still wonder sometimes about the Jed Wills deal. Like, how long are we going to – and – I'm going to get you twice on being anti-Jed Wills here, aren't I? It's not that I'm anti. It's just I, Dewan Jones looked pretty damn good last year. He's yeah, going to need he, a can spot. Can he make the move to left tackle? Why not? No, they tried it in college. It didn't go very well for him. Well, if the offensive line isn't good next year or there are issues with the offensive line, what will be said? This is easy. The man's a slot machine with a helmet. I'm I'm willing to go ahead and chance the idea that he might be able to do the left side of the line. (laughs) I'm I'm willing to go ahead and maybe go down that road, but what will be said? What will be said if the offensive line isn't good next year? A couple things. I I know one right off the top of my head. It's going to be Callahan. Callahan, man. It's all going to be about Callahan. Everything's going to be about, oh, well, you know, they had to have but, a new But if you've been paying line. enough attention, and, and I know you have, obviously, but our, and our fans probably have as well. If you've been paying enough attention, the offensive line, it wasn't as good last year as it was in the previous year, the, the year prior no. to that. And, and every successive year, it feels like it's kind of been again, going a little bit there down. There were games where we walked out there with one of our starters. Uh, it was tough. We had a lot of injuries. No yeah. one's denying that. And and like Christian on the left side was able to actually like do some things when he's not supposed to be able to. It was the fact that you even know his name means he probably did a decent job. Well, I said Christian. I didn't say Jerron for the first name because well, I think that's, that's I think that's right. Is that right? I think that's right. Yeah, I don't know for sure. I think you're right. I think that's right. Yeah, correct. And yes. he was able. To he's a free he agent. Introduce himself to anybody. He's in the a hunt. free agent. If he was a passenger in some people's cars driving into work right now, they wouldn't know who the hell he is. But like we wa- we watched him and he was fine. He did what he had to do. Offensive line has been, I mean, it's tough. And I think I think next year, I think it's going to be interesting to watch Nick Chubb if he's 80, 85%. If he, if he is of that, I mean, I it's going to be interesting to see how he does with an offensive line and what exactly what exactly it looks like when it's not perfect. All right, let's take one quick phone call. Max is in Aurora. Hey, Max. Hey, how's it going, fellas? Good morning. Good Yo, morning. What's up, Max? Yeah, so, like, I'm thinking the offensive line and, like, who's the weakest spot? And I'm thinking, like, Ethan Posick. Could a guy like Teller move over to take that position. No, that'll never happen. Never? No, you don't move right guards to center. I I don't know. In my mind, I don't think that Ethan Posick is the weakest guy on the offensive line. Do you? No. Okay. Max, you do. I do. I do. I think, you know, I think we got to keep these right tackles because they're they're studs. Yeah, I'm just hoping that – thank you for the phone call. I'm hoping that uh, Conklin's healthy. I think we all are. I mean, that's really where we're at. And then you bring up the notion of – all right, so go through the rest of your untouchables, my friend. Well, and so I, I'm sticking just offensively because my mind – is that bad of me that my mind is so offensive-driven and that's it? Well, I just – instantly, I Miles Garrett is Because the, the defense to so me is fine. So you asked me if my, if my yeah, job Miles would Garrett's drop – Yeah, Miles Like, Miles is the is, – I mean, it is the NFL, and so when it's all said and done, Miles is the job. I mean, I'm, I'm taking this team, and I, I'm looking at it and saying the defense is good, and maybe the defense takes a, a step or two back, which is fine. Uh, so you're not the best defense in the NFL between you, Kansas City and Baltimore was the, the competition for best defense in the NFL. I think Kansas City raised up their banner in a big time way by going through the postseason and shutting down Tua and then Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson all in successive order. So I think like the top three Browns, Ravens, Kansas City, if we drop down from being top three because we don't spend as much in the D line and then let's say go to, I don't know, top seven or top eight, I feel very comfortable with Jim Schwartz in that defense. So I focus in on the offense because the offense is the part of this game that the Browns need to fix. We're, we're there when it comes to the defensive side of the ball with the best in the NFL. We got to get the offense done. All right, before you go to offense, where are you on Zadarius Smith then? In or out? If if he was gone, you I mean, he's a free agent. I I want them to bring him back. 
I he's think my number one guy to bring right back. There, he's your number one guy. Yeah, to bring back. So if you if you had the decision between I mean, is, it, is it Flacco or is it, I mean, and, and the Flacco story is just, it's a segment unto its own. So I don't even want to go there. But well, no, but think about it from that perspective because it's a seesaw. Remember, right? Every everything you do on the defense is going to impact the offense and the offense and defense. And you can tell me the cap doesn't matter. The cap matters in some of this stuff. And if you're gonna if you're gonna try to Spend in one area, you got to take from another area. You can't just spend everywhere. It doesn't work that way. Well, you're rock solid on the offense. You're not rock solid on the offense. You're, that's that's you my problem with the offense. Well, your, your entire offensive... I uh, need another wide receiver. But here's what I'm no saying. If you that. wanted to bring back the entire offense, the starters, you can. Are you comfortable running it back? I don't like know. That, can you that's, get, that's part so of the let problem me ask, we Can you get more out of Cedric Tillman? And can you get more out of Moore, out of Elijah Moore? I, I can't bank on that. And I think that's part of the conversation we were having with Njoku is that, first off, with Njoku, how much of that was Joe Flacco and that combination that they had where he was able to hit him in stride and have all the the yak yards and everything else like that. And I'm getting some Twitter uh, comments about that. Twitter reactions brought to you by Shopping Jewelers, Cleveland's premier jewelry store. And, and people are like, oh, yeah, he was he was great with the yak. He was great when catching the, the pass in stride and being able to build off of that. I agree 100%. That's why I can't get rid of – I can't get rid of any of the pieces that I – I know are going to be good. And I, I have a feeling, strong feeling, and Joku's going to be good. Amari Cooper is going to be good. But I looked at this offense last year, Andy. I need more. I, I need to be in the you need Elijah Moore? acquisition so business. I need Elijah Moore. Exactly. I need him to be more. Yes. I can't. Can you rely on Elijah Moore? Because I, I can't. No, because it wasn't. We didn't see what we wanted to see. I think we wanted more out of that, and you didn't. Can he come back another year? I, I, I mean, every, you every also team, have to bring in consideration you're playing with five different quarterbacks. So. Every what are you expecting? Team that isn't Kansas City is giving their their quarterbacks that you would consider to be good all these other these weapons, and they're doing it more than just one guy. You know, like they're giving them all sorts of different. I mean, look at the Bengals. The Bengals. Uh, Joe Burrow's got seven different people he can throw to, but the top three we know, Chase Higgins and Boyd, are all extremely talented. Like they. They're load up and look at the. I mean, between the the draft class this year that has a million wide receivers. Okay, but you had agency market that has a million wide receivers. Like like, I'm jealous of of the receiving core they have in Cincinnati. Like straight out jealous. Yes. But when their quarterback went down, they won nine games. And where were they at the end of the season? Did we see them in the playoffs? They were a game outside of the postseason. Doesn't matter. Are you in or out? They finished a game worse than Pittsburgh. They won nine games. In or out? Jake Browning looked like an almost a, a damn near Pro Bowler. In or out? Out. In, in or out on what? The playoffs. Yeah, but again, their backup quarterback that had been left for dead won nine games because their offensive pieces were so talented. We and brought so good. in a quarterback that was on the couch. You had a guy that was, uh, what's more than beyond left for dead? That's what we had. Dead? Yes. So you think it's fine enough then? No, I'm not. No, I want an upgrade. I mean, like, we could have this argument all day. Because you think I, it's fine. I mean, I just looked at Deshaun fine. Watson. It's Deshaun not Watson was, it, it, they, went, need went another, they need another wide receiver. I'm not going to argue with you on that. But. I, I think the bet they made, Andy, was that Deshaun Watson would make every receiver he found to be better, and he hasn't been able to do that. So you could draft guys in the third round, right? So you, is could, that, you could trade for Elijah did Moore, that become and more, he'd get the best out of him, and he just wasn't able to do that. But did that become more relevant because Joe Flacco was able to find everybody and make everybody look better? I think it's, it definitely spotlit a lot of things, did it not? Yes. I mean, imagine being Andrew Barry. You go to bed at night. You lay your head down at night, and you're like, I, whew, Joe Flacco was able to put up a lot of yards with these guys, and he made a lot of we, – we brought him Njoku up for a reason, right? We had a lot of guys that – Really didn't play that great, and in a five-game stretch, was so awesome he made the Pro Bowl. He got he got a, the majority of all his yards, 
And again, in that Jacksonville game alone, he had as many touchdowns as he had the entire season up until that point. Like, I mean, it's this is why we talk about these things. Because you got to think, if you're Andrew Barry, how do you go to bed at night and you're wondering, how do I get this team better? Is it because Deshaun Watson didn't do it? Is it because Joe Flacco was that good? Like, what what's the dividing line there? All right, I mean, so, just, so, so we've had this more whole, questions and answers. All right, we've had this entire conversation, and yet I still haven't heard your untouchables. You'll do that when we come back. Also, uh, FML. I got to tell you, something happened last night about that. I mean, I'm glad I have the platform this morning to be able to share that with everybody. 216-474-0092. All right, you got to We will me. not be doing that. We're not. Live Thursday because neither Carmen nor Lima are here. Oh, you know what that means? We're not doing it. No, we'll just have to. I'll just have to <laughs> cut another. It's always game day in Cleveland. With there Darryl. we oh, go. That's good. There we go. There we go. Another it's one. It's fun that you bring that up here, Jonathan. Yeah, we can always uh, promo that because Daryl Ryder and Andy Baskin discuss the latest news surrounding Cleveland Brown Stadium and try to answer the question: Is there a dome in the future of Northeast Ohio? Is there? Should there be? Find out during the new episode of It's Always Game Day in Cleveland. Subscribe now, 923thefan.com or the Odyssey app. So for our loyal listeners of that podcast, we're a little bit off right now because it's off season. I mean, there's so we're doing only a couple shows a week, and then we'll be back so to our regular format. Game day <laughs> it's yeah, a- it's it, you know what we should rename it. You know the story behind that one too, don't you? It's a it's an it's always sunny in Philadelphia well, thing, right? Well, yeah, well, it started off as that, and then Pooba, it was Pooba's idea. I give him credit. Okay, so his idea I mean, to rip off "It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia." Yeah, or? so that was kind of like the the kind of I think that was the catalyst for the names, and then all of a sudden he starts like handing the name out to everybody. He's like, ah, hey, oh, that's but, right, they got it in like Buffalo or something. Yeah, too. so they when you go, to, so it's it's not easy to find the podcast sometimes. Uh, so, but it's always easy if you go to the Odyssey app. But sometimes even on the Odyssey app, it's it's hard to find. You got to type the word Cleveland in there. Well, you guys are the best at it, so it's you know you oh, rise to the top. Wow. Rise to the top. Flattery will get you everywhere. You uh, know that. We can so, only hope in life. Um. All right. We got to fix my life, but I still need your untouchables. Okay. So offensively, my untouchables are as follows. Okay. And they, these are the people that like my jaw would be on the floor if I found out that we traded them or we got rid of them. And I just, I can't believe it. Fire up overtime with Jonathan Peterman because five hours, it's, it's just not enough time. I would need seven hours to discuss this one. Okay. So sorry to Bart Winkler. No show that night. I'm going to two in the morning. Amari Cooper. Okay. Joe Batonio. Okay. Wyatt Teller. Okay. David Njoku. Gotcha. That's it. Watson's not untouchable. He's not untouchable. Now, we we can't. He's untouchable. In we the can't trade him. Nobody's going to touch him. <laughs> no one wants him. But, yes, he's not untouchable. I, I just. Chubb also not untouchable either, by the way. I don't know if you noticed that. Yeah, I show. caught both of those two. I, I'm just. I, I'm, Chubb I mean, is, I'll wait, be but, shocked. I you might know what? Be, I'm going to go back. I'm more. I, I'm going back and forth. Chubb is not because of the injury, right? If right. he wasn't injured, he'd be untouchable. Right. right. I'm not saying I'm happy about it. It's not. Okay. I'm not saying it's the decision I think they'll make or what they would make. But I also I would look at it from a football perspective, and I would say to myself, okay, they don't want to gamble on 80 percent of Nick Chubb if that's what Nick Chubb ends up being. I can logically get there, even if it's not the decision that I would make. Gotcha. I I still look at the Watson thing. I wish there was some way. Can't we give him some kind of uh, contract that? Last through the next couple lifetimes. Can't we renegotiate his contract? <laughs> like make it a 70 year deal, like a baseball deal, so that we don't Remember have to sit here Albert and talk Pujols about it. Yes. Or you're like, you're, or you're Bobby here. Bonilla Day. Why can't it be Sean Watson? It's going to turn into that in 2056 or 2066. Still keep paying him there. And so that way, we, like, I just feel like we're handcuffed on other players and, and, and it, because of the, the salary cap issue there. Correct? Yeah, kind of. Okay, well, it's bothersome. 
I don't want I it to know, be that I know, I know. That's why I'm, I'm curious as to why you want to extend it out. Uh, just keep paying. Like, can't we just keep paying him so it doesn't hurt the Oh, cap you want to and... do the thing where, like, Tom Brady got paid $35 million last year from Tampa Bay? Yeah. You want to do that thing? And, like, well, is... Aaron Rodgers still got paid money from Green Bay? So, Rodgers is wasn't... the one. Right. Yeah. Rodgers is the one. So, it could at least give you some relief that if you want to try to go out and get a, a wide receiver. You know, you should... Did you know this last year we were still paying Austin Hooper? Oh, no, I We paid him that. $7 million. <laughs> All right, so now I'm getting grumpy, so this is a good opportunity to fix my life. All right, let's okay? do it. You ready? All right, we're fixing my life. All right. FML, my life. My life. FML. Kenny, what do we do? Fixing lives. My life. I'm getting grumpy in my old age, man. Like, my wife looked at me last night, so we were at Kent State. We were watching some hockey last night. Yeah. And win? Yeah. And so, but that, that wasn't the point. The first point was, so I'm sitting here and like, like now I'm grumpy alumni. I'm walking in the, in the arena. Yesterday. Do you wear all like your Kent state alumni? Stuff no, it too? wasn't a Kent state thing. Okay. Uh, but, but, you're in the building. So, yeah, so I'm in the building and they used to have two ice rinks there. They tore down one of the rinks so they could build, I think an indoor band facility so they could practice, but the band practices up by uh, 59, which is, it's like on the other side. I, this is all like Kent State logic, but it's on the other side of Tri-Tower, so it's a little bit of a walk from one. And I'm sitting here going, and, and so, listen, I like marching band. I like people who are in marching band. Please don't take this personal. But I'm like, why do they need this marching band thing? Like, I'm confused. Kent State has a field house. That the marching band, they're like, if the marching band really needs to practice, wouldn't they like to be on a 100-yard field? So they tore down one of the rinks at Kent State to build this indoor marching band facility. And then I'm going, Kent State marching band. Not exactly the first marching band that I think of when I think of marching bands. Ooh. No offense. No offense. Please don't. We're all, I'm alumni. Like, yeah, but you, good you, with that? you the realization you came to was that everything is follow the money, right? Follow the green brick road. Everything is always money driven, right? So right. clearly you, you just, you hit the realization that is this, the marching what, is this band, an old thing the thing marching, no, the marching band clearly brings in more money than the hockey team. Well, no, that's not even the point. The hockey rink is still there. The, the the ice hockey rink is there. They had another rink that was there that was like a figure skating rink or something, or it was a secondary oh, rink. Okay, so it brings in more money than the figure skaters. I, I Really? Well, I guess if that means that you've got paid students that are want to be in the marching band and they're going to pay to go to school there, then that they... Versus the, like, five people? I'm going to be have? honest. You fixed my life right there. I never looked at it that way. I, never, I just looked at it. I was like, what are they doing here? Like, well, why is the marching band... Getting this, why, or just it go might build. not necessarily be a brings in money, but costs you less to maintain type of thing, too. Well, yeah, ice it, rinks it are expensive. A little yeah, bit the answer is always money. At the bottom yes. line, at the end no, of it, you're right. Like, what, what is the theme is money? Theme is money. The answer can be different. 90% of life problems of it are solved is, with follow the money. Kent State has land. It's not like they don't have land for a marching band facility. And I'm looking at this, and, I'm, and so then you brought up the point when you think of marching bands. And you have a list. It's Ohio State, and then to oh, me, oh no, that I was Owen. That wasn't me. I've, I've oh, never done. A, I've oh, never done a power, marching. I was going to power rank my marching. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I've never, I've never so done a, course. a marching. Oh, band here we list. go. Okay. Obviously, Ohio State, best damn band of land. Absolutely. They're known all over TikTok and whatever else you can get, right? Yeah. Okay. Then it's probably University of Ohio, right? Yeah. Ohio University, yes. <laughs> What's it called? It has a name. Uh, the Marching 166 or yeah, something like something that. Like I don't know. Is that, that what yeah. it is? Maybe I gave him too many. And then it's just every other band. Oh, no. Then it's Shaw. Mm. Like, 
for my money, in the history of lifetimes, the best marching band I've ever seen that was not a traditional. I wish I had traditional. That's probably not the right way to put it. Shaw High School. Like Shaw High School. It. They weren't oh. playing John Philip Sousa every day. Yeah, they're not yeah. playing. Oh, I, I saw them last year, and I thought they were good. So here's the other fix my life part of this, because I'm just getting grumpy left and left right. So we stop, and we're going to get something to eat after the game last night. Mm-hmm. And I, don't give this away. But if I say to you six tacos, what's a reasonable price for six tacos? And a cup of queso. Expensive side is like $35. Because that's like that's like five or six bucks a taco. Yeah, I was going with that. And then maybe with the tip, I put me in 45 territory. We had six tacos. It was like 60 bucks. 60 bucks. Yeah, 10 bucks a taco. With the tip. That is ridiculous. putting gold leaf on the... I, I don't know. I looked at the bill and I was just like, I, I didn't expect this. I was just, I don't know why. Maybe I should have just been brighter when we were... I only had two tacos last night. Did you put like a million I paid, fillings in there? You, if we just broke it down to me, I paid 30 bucks a taco. And it wasn't like. But I, I, were they good? Oof. No, it wasn't that good. No. Food's expensive. Okay, that's a problem. Food is very but expensive. But 60 bucks? Yeah, I know. Food is very bucks. expensive. 60 says. bucks and you're not satisfied afterwards? No, so, so fix my life. Is this me says. being old and just grumpy? or? No. And I, by the way, still left, you know. Even though I wasn't satisfied, it still left you know eighteen percent tip. 15%. I look at the difference in chart, like in prices for uh, different like fast food or stuff like that when I go through relative to what they used to be. And the apps are usually good for fast food; you can get discounts there and stuff. Right. But I think about it like what it used to be, and then I'm like, I, what is this going to be thirty years from now? Am I going to? I'm a hundred percent going to be that person that's like, I can't believe it. We're paying we're paying seventeen dollars for a cheeseburger now. But that's just that's where we're going. Oh, that's easy. I can find places to spend. But if it's a good cheeseburger, it's worth it. No, I'm not even saying good cheeseburger. I'm just saying like a you know run of the mill yeah, cheeseburger. I, is it me? Again, this is old man me. That it seemed like prices dropped a little bit on some food, fast food, during the pandemic, and now like when I go back to order that, it seems like it's three times as much as it was. Everything, man, it's just so. Gotta expensive. get the apps. The apps are the clutch for that stuff. Uh, you, you really me, get me up to speed because I'm. A download every fast food app you have in the world. Just download every one of them, and then right. there's all sorts of deals. And it's all like if you're comfortable ordering went, ahead, yeah, you can you can save a lot of money in fast food. I went from guys that would drive past a place and go lines too long, not gonna set into it to the lines long enough that I have time to order on my app. So when I yeah. get to the to the speaker, I can say. My order number is GB78. And wow. you get, like, reward points, too. Yes. Can you walk in and pick it up or no? Yes, you can. Yeah. Oh, no, you got to be on the apps if you're going to do fast food. i got to tell you, you what's clutch be. is, like, so there's a coffee place down here at Playoffs Which Square. Which sounds funny, having, like, a million apps for fast food places on your phone, but it's yeah, I do. So, we, like, you know, there's some pretty good coffee places down here. One, yeah. I, I absolutely love. It's just sometimes it takes too long for me to go over there. That's, I, that's my first choice. Then I go to the big name one, mm-hmm. and it's amazing how, because I have to walk right by to get to the station. And so... I hit the app as soon as I walk out the door, and it's ready in two minutes. By the time you get there, yeah. Yeah, it's delightful. I, I, you can that, Apple Pay and everything, too? Yes. Delightful. It is amazing. It is simply amazing. Mary Kay Cabot is going to join us in the next hour. Also, who needs to educate you about basketball? Hmm. We're going to go to school next. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 